This is Up For Debate presents The X Stands For Nothing, the unbelievably true story of the XFL. (laughs) Tonight, episode number 132, recorded December 12th, 2018. Chapter 6, The Future of Football. The XFL and the WWF completely separate, or are you so associated in the public's mind with both that a big failure here reduces some of the juice that you have in other areas? No, not at all. I don't consider, you know, if, if it were to be a failure, no. I mean, you know, again, this is America. You know, you have the opportunity for failure in America. I'm not afraid to fail, you know, as long as I win in the long run. But I'm not going to fail this XFL, you know, despite, you know, and whether or not, you know, people out there like the fact that Vince McMahon in any way is associated with this league, you know, or they don't. I don't know what I've done to offend anyone in the sporting world. You know, I'm in the entertainment world as far as World Wrestling Federation entertainment is concerned. If someone from the sporting world doesn't like the entertainment we produce, change the channel. When you've got Vince McMahon, the founder of the XFL, and I'm out there beating the bushes trying to make this thing work, okay, I'm a different guy than the character that I play on television in World Wrestling Federation Entertainment. So hang on a second, let me make my point. So therefore, I think that really from a just standpoint, I think the media owes it not to me. They don't owe a damn thing to me, you know, but I think they owe it to the public to take another look at the XFL, to take a look at the caliber of the play, take a look at what they thought maybe it was going to be, but what it truly is today. Talk to our fans and and cover it in a way, I mean, when you consider the fact, you know, that in that coveted male demo, we were number two, I believe, last week, in, including NBA and everything else. I mean, it's not like we don't have the big gross rating. It's 18 to 34 right. males. We don't have the big gross rating, but the people that are watching us are important people. So, again, we need to build that up. There's no doubt about that. Hello, everybody. I'm former governor of Minnesota, Jesse the Body Ventura. And I'm joined, as always, by the commissioner of our own up-for-debate football league, <laughs> Matt the Mind Mariani. Ah, thanks for having me on your show, Jesse. I really appreciate it. Uh, first, first-time listener, long-time fan of the state of Minnesota, and um, Minnesota. Yes, Minnesota. Right. Um, thanks, to the body. Should I? <laughs> <laughs> Governor the Body Ventura. That's right. Don't that's forget what, it. Uh, that's yeah. that's what I'll call you. Yeah. Um yeah, it's a pleasure being on being on this show and uh talking XFL. Finally, we're we're getting this is it. This is the last is episode it. on the XFL. We did 6 hours on the we're XFL. Ever going to do 6 hours. 6 hours long. Yep. So you think it's viewers can spend a uh all, basically an afternoon um, if they've got absolutely nothing better to do, listening to us talk about the XFL. I mean, I would bet we spent more time, time talking about the XFL than the average XFL fan spent watching the XFL. You're probably right. You're probably we we probably passed that mark in the second episode. <laughs> I was about to say, how long was week two on before the power went out? That's about as long, I think, as really. <laughs> I think we we passed that quite easily. We kept the lights yeah, on. We did. So there's that. We did. 
Well, I do want to... Uh, except for that one time when your lights literally did go that out. That was very funny. That was very, was. very funny. I think the XFL may be a little bit cursed. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely think so. Pretty soon there'll be a bunch of cheerleaders in my locker room. Right. Not and necessarily Rodney a bad thing. That might be a bad thing because he's dead. <laughs> That'd be very creepy. The ghost of Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, my God. He haunts this league. Uh, Matt, I do want to quickly remind everyone out there, if you're joining us for the first time this week, it is episode six of six. So mm, maybe not the best place to start. Go back, upfordebate.tv or wherever you get your podcasts. Go six episodes back and check out uh, the first episode all the way through. I think they were all extremely great, entertaining episodes. You're not going to want to jump in now. If you have been joining us for the whole series, thank you. It's been a fantastic joy having you here, Matt. We are talking this week. We ended last have week. done it without you. No, we couldn't have. We ended last week talking about the XFL Million Dollar Championship game, which was won by your Los Angeles Extreme. Got their hat right here. I was actually just adjusting it. That's right. Um, to, so I can wear it. Because the only time I wear it is when we do this podcast. It was a it was a devastating defeat of the Chicago Enforcers in a game that was a total and complete blowout. Um, the ratings came in pretty lackluster, Matt. But you know it's interesting. The XFL didn't die that day. The XFL had a last gasp of air following the Million Dollar Championship game. That's right. It was put on life support. It was. It was at this point, uh, we, we talked previously on the show, Dick Ebersol of NBC partnering with Vince McMahon of WWF to create this league. By this point, Dick Ebersol had come straight out and said, NBC is done with the XFL. We want nothing to do with the XFL. We're uninterested. Vince McMahon, on the other hand, refused to quit and refused to give up. He saw opportunity in that, sure, the ratings were low, but they weren't that low. I mean, they were record low, but they were record low for NBC primetime. Might have been a mistake to put this brand new league on on a major broadcast network in primetime, even if it was Saturday. Yeah. Um, the the primetime spot, you know, you have to be ready for primetime. It's primetime. It's not, you know, slime time. I don't know. I yeah. where I was going with that. No. But yeah, yeah, if, you know, to put a to put a product out, you know, and 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 have it be a prime time viewing. That would be like if we Sean, if we decided that we wanted to have a a a prime membership for our podcast. Yeah, there's a reason we don't have a Patreon where we're asking people for money. It's because there's no yeah. one out there to give us any money. <laughs> well, yeah. We're not a, just like the XFL, there's nobody out there to watch their show. So why would you put it on at prime time? Yeah, there's a reason why we don't have a Sirius XM talk show every day. Yes, it, you're only, it, it only per perpetuates the myth that the product is any good. Right, and we wouldn't want to perpetuate that myth here. <laughs> uh, now, Matt, I'm going to read a little bit of a segment from the book we've been using this whole series, Long Bomb, uh, by Brett Forrester, mm -hmm. an excellent read. Although, frankly, if you've listened to these six hours, maybe you don't need to read it, but it still is a very good book. Um, this is a, some direct lines from there, because I think this is really interesting when you're looking at XFL's plan B after NBC, quote, some XFL brass were heartened by the fact that the league was coming down from NBC. That had been the business plan from the beginning. Start small and work up to the big time. The brand building that McMahon uh, set at every chance like a string activated doll. Establish a name, give the teams time to gel, the quality of play and opportunity to develop. Most importantly, grant the production crew time to streamline the telecast and make it worthy of the many gadgets lavished upon it. 
after the nosedive of the first season, a year or two on UPN and TNN didn't look so bad. Interestingly enough, and this is the, this is the next piece here, um, the media giant Viacom owned UPN, and from its standpoint, an XFL deal couldn't have looked so bad. Sunday afternoons were almost a throwaway slot for UPN as it was. The ratings for XFL games were a complete horror show. The XFL appeared to work on UPN and TNN, while the league's .7 average rating among adults 18 to 49 tied for 158th at the very bottom of UPN's primetime shows, it managed to expand the network to a sixth night of the week with roughly the same ratings of regular programming, but at a lower cost. Uh, there was also something else at work. Uh, in the history of both UPN and TNN, neither network had ever operated in the black. Uh, the problem was a lack of identifiable programming. They never had a big name brand show. Even with all its difficulties, the XFL was still a recognizable property among viewers. It had the kind of visibility that 100 sitcoms could never have collectively. Viewers may not have liked it much, but at least they knew what it was. So interestingly enough, UPN and TNN were interested in carrying the XFL. Was it good? No, but it was better than nothing, which they already had on Sundays. It was cheaper than a scripted show, and people at least had heard of it, unlike all their other garbage programming. Yeah, you know, this was a thought that, that came to me as I was reading the book before I got to um, to the later part where they, you just read from. It, like, why didn't a third party network, for lack of a better term, why didn't a, why didn't like a, like a UPN or something like that pick it up? Pick up the XFL. They could have had their their very own um, football league. Uh, that would have it would have you know it wouldn't have drawn many viewers, but it would certainly draw in more viewers than they already had. To what like? What, what, I don't even know what they. What does UPN even show? Like UPN at that time. So UPN was pretty new. They launched. Very tip end of the 80s, early 90s. At that point, they're sort of... Na- oh, no, maybe not. Maybe they were later. But their their number one programming was Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, today, what do, what are they... Like, today, they, what are they known for? They don't exist anymore. They don't? Well, see, exactly. <laughs> Matt, I, you're I a millennial. You don't watch thing. television. No, back in... Gosh, this must have been 07, 010, somewhere in there. Um, the UPN... Well, WB merged with CBS to create CW, and UPN just went out of business. Gotcha. They just folded up okay. shop. They've been uh, gone for like right. a decade. So, so I, did, I had no idea. I thought they were still on. I remember when they were on. No, they um, never... I mean, I, you know, you could make the argument they never really established, not to get too much into UPN, they never really established a strong brand. I mean, obviously, Star Trek was a big piece for them, but um, they kind of got caught up with... Oh, they did merge it with um, WB to create the CW um, after uh, some stakes were kind of put around. But they kind of had um, Everybody Loves Chris was kind of a bigger hit for them. Um, obviously, we'll okay. get to it in a second. Wrestling was a big thing for them. America's well, Next Top Model. Well, how about how about CW11? Or, or at the time, I guess it was probably still WB11, yeah. right? Yeah. So wh- why why did they not make a move to acquire the XFL? Uh, I think you could probably make the argument. I mean, you have to remember, too, in 2001, the WB was cruising. They didn't need the help, right? This is kind of your post-Dawson's Creek. You're uh, not uh, what Charmed, Felicity. Uh, They had... um, Okay, so they they still had a pretty stellar lineup. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Smallville. I do remember they had... Yeah, they were were like a very watchable network at one point. Yeah, they really didn't start to decline until 2003, 
2004. I mean, in 2000, 2001, they were at the top of their game. They didn't need the help. UPN, on the other hand, absolutely did. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess at this time, like you were mentioning in the uh, the text you read from, this is the time that these third-party networks were kind of looking at the XFL um, or, or like courting. They were courting the XFL, we could say. If they were interested. They were, in, they were now you have to remember, I mean, the UPN was already broadcasting XFL games during the inaugural season, right? So mm. they already had a relationship. What were other non-UPN networks knocking at the XFL's door? I don't know. Um, but the UPN had a relationship. They knew what the numbers would do. They knew it was kind of a predictable property. Uh, and they said, we already have a relationship. We're willing to, to sort of gamble on it and, and keep it rolling where the stakes aren't as high as NBC primetime. Yeah. Okay. So um, you, you have these... These uh, the XFL has just completed its million dollar game. The season one is in the books. Um, they shelled out their million dollar prize for for the champions. Um, what right now is going through the minds of the players? Do they know if they'll be back for another season? Do they they do they just all anticipate they'll be back for another season? The players and the coaches specifically uh, you we'll know, start there from, from what i've read and what i've seen and heard discussed i mean i i think there was obviously some amount of skepticism the, everyone knew the ratings weren't good but uh, vince mcmahon is a powerful force and he kept saying over and over this league will be back he has the money he has the resources to keep it around if he really wanted to you have to remember the other thing is that nbc and wwf split the cost of the league 50 million dollars a piece that was $15 million over two years. NBC was on the hook for the rest of that money. And it was only Vince who who kindly let Dick Ebersole out of that agreement. And so the players and the coaches at this point are thinking, well, we still have NBC's money coming next year, even if we're not on NBC. We've got Vince. WWF is hot right now. They've got money. They're doing fine. There's no reason why we have to close this in year two. As long as we can air it somewhere on television... There's no reason this league has to fold. The money is there for year two. It was budgeted for year two. They're just not going to play a league if there's nowhere to show it. That was It was all about the TV deal. Literally anyone with a television station could have come to, to Vince McMahon and XFL would have had a season two. That more than anything else is what kills it. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that kind of, I guess that kind of answers my next question was what, what was going through the mind of the, uh, kind of the production team, I guess the, uh, the people behind the scenes making the XFL. So I, I guess that kind of, well, it, yeah. but it's a good question. Cause it was a different thing. NBC produced those games. Clearly they weren't going to be doing that anymore. Right. So uh, I think that was a big change in terms of the production and the broadcast side. Moving off of NBC is a big deal for the, the players probably could care less. They're getting paid either way. It doesn't matter where the games are being shown, but for the production team, absolutely. It means a difference. It means a budget difference. It means a sort of credibility difference. Uh, and it, it, it did, it did matter. It did matter. Hmm. For sure. Now, ultimately, uh, the UPN had a choice. Do the XFL or get a name brand show to put their channel on the map. They opted for the latter. They went ahead and paid. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a very popular show at the time on the WB. Uh, and Viacom paid nearly $2.5 million per episode to acquire Buffy, the, to steal, essentially, Buffy the Vampire Slayer which prevented the company from having the money of taking a chance on the XFL. Interestingly enough, 
Uh, another quote from the book. In order to make a deal to broadcast the XFL's second season, UPN executives demanded that McMahon cut his WWF SmackDown, which aired on the UPN, by 30 minutes. This would allot the network real estate for a new program with a valuable lead-in audience from SmackDown. Without that concession, the UPN just couldn't pay McMahon what he needed to cover the costs of a second season. TNN's ad rates weren't high enough either. McMahon refused to slash SmackDown and relinquish half an hour of ad revenue. At the end, Buffy won. That, my friends, is what killed the XFL. So that Buffy, she's all about killing vampires, and she also decided to kill the XFL. Yep, it just, it was very unfortunate. I, I am 100% confident sitting here today from everything I've read and everything I know that if they hadn't gone and gotten Buffy, there probably would have been a second season of the XFL. Would it have been successful? Who knows? But there would have been a second season. There was always plans for a second season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really just, as soon as t- UPN drops out, TNN can't support them alone. No other network wants to take them on. And again, this is before the age of digital streaming. This is before... I mean, cable was big in 01, but not big enough to support a whole league. You needed a broadcast partner, and they had essentially, WB wasn't doing it, UPN was done, NBC was out, CBS and ABC didn't need them. They, they were cooked. They were fried. So, but you think it, even even had they not picked up Buffy, you don't think there was anything that would have changed in the offseason where they would have said, listen, we better cut bait here this is you know not this is not going to be profitable for us in any way like well but the thing is it was going to be i mean again assuming nothing radically changed especially because vince was looking at ways to improve the teams they were talking about moving some teams around to different cities they were talking about changing some rules i mean he was actively trying to improve the league vince mcmahon's not a dumb man he knew parts of it weren't working Maybe not the right parts, but he knew some parts of it weren't working. So he was working to try and improve the league as much as possible. And I think UPN can see positive things in that. And UPN was saying, a 0.7 rating is garbage. It's terrible on a network like NBC. But we're UPN. We'll take it. We don't. It doesn't have to be good. It's just more. Right now, we have zero rating on Sundays because we don't broadcast on Sundays. So literally put up a blank test screen. It's getting more ratings than what we're getting now. So, you right. know, for them, for them, it was a win-win. If the league crashes after year two, they're, they got a, a season's worth of commercials sold. So, I mean, yeah, I, I guess the, the, the biggest question is that what, what might have been, I guess we could speculate on that now. Like, what, what do you think, what do you think the second season of the XFL would have looked like the second consecutive season. That's I think there would have been tough. some dr- drastic changes or I personally think there would, there would be some changes. I mean, even you, you look at even game two, like week two, there were significant rule changes that hadn't been implemented in week one that, um, you know, that, that I, I think that I think we might've seen a completely new product out there. I think, I think the XFL doesn't get good until Vince McMahon realizes it's more football and less entertainment. And I don't think he would have figured that out between seasons. I agree with you. I think some of the rule changes they did in the first season helped, and I'm sure they would have come up with some rule and and broadcast changes to help in the second season. But would it have been enough to save the... Again, 
the one of the biggest issues the XFL would have had in season two is the name XFL. It's synonymous with failure at this point, all right? So you can change as many rules as you want. You can move teams around, change how the broadcast works. It's the XFL. So immediately, people either love you or they hate you. So you're at a disadvantage there unless you're going to change the name. But I just think they would have had to have changed so much that they would have alienated their existing fans but not gotten new fans who thought the XFL was trash. I, I just think they boxed themselves in at that point. Yeah. And uh, it, like you said, it would it would take like a complete overhaul of the philosophy behind the XFL. Exactly. Like it, would really, it would need to be a, a complete philosophical rebuild. They would have to just completely rethink the the whole purpose of the XFL. Um, and I guess, yeah, change, change the stage instead of the actors. Right. And I, I don't think Vince would have been willing to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he thinks this idea still works. We'll talk about XFL 2020. He, he still thinks the idea works, um, that for that, it should be football and entertainment. And I think at the end of the day, and you're welcome to disagree, Matt, I would say the XFL proved, I would argue relatively conclusively, people don't want that and it does not work. And that sport is sport and trying to bring an entertainment aspect into it, especially in football does not work. It is generally a bad idea. I think I will disagree with that, Sean. Yes. So (laughs) I know we did it. We finally did it. Um, I think the problem that Vince McMahon had that he encountered is that he didn't lean into it enough. I think that he should have leaned into it more. I think it, I think he, you know, the cha- look at the changes he made, right? As soon as you start changing things, that's when you're going, you're going to, you're leading, you're steering the ship in a particular direction, all right? Left or right, backwards or forwards, whatever it might be. He starts making changes. He starts steering the ship in a different direction. And that's when the ratings start to tank. The direction he's steering the ship in, okay, is more of a, I think he he was responding to week one, the success of week one, and week two. He, he's thinking about, um, you know, let's make it more friendly to the players. They stop the, um, they stop the coin toss, whatever the you scramble. call it, the, cl- the scramble. scramble, yeah, right. But that's, I mean, I think people like the blood sport aspect of it. I think people wanted to see more of that kind of thing. I think that if anything, he should have been said to the coaches, had he should have had a meeting with all of the coaches and he should have said, listen, I want you all to be on the same page with me. Because some of you, he looks at Tillman, some of you think that you're, you know, coaching a real football team. That's only like 30% true. The rest of the 70%, like you need to be an actor in my play. And here's the script and here's what's going to happen. I'm not going to tell anybody else. I'm going to tell you guys, the coaches, this is how it's going to go down. Then I think we could have seen a more an XFL that was more in line with with what I believe Vince McMahon originally envisioned. I, I don't. I don't think that could ever work. I, I genuinely more, don't think that could work. More more theatrics, more sideshow. What did um. What did uh, Bob Costas say? He said it it had to be like more of a, or what he was afraid it was going to become a tawdry, tawdry titulation, and uh, yeah, 
like I think he need I think they needed more more things that would make people be like, oh, this is way different from the NFL. This is not your dad granddad's NFL, not your dad's NFL. This is the N the XFL. I, he needed a lot more of that X factor. But I think they saying. but I think they tried that. I think they tried they, it and it didn't did work. To some extent, they did to some extent. I mean, we Ventura storming the field and chasing down the the Tillman was part of it. But no, the, but the thing that I'm getting at is that you needed to get the coaches on the same page. But you That's can't what I'm saying. Man, get them on the page. These guys the, are KFAB. No, this but K-Fab. it's not. It's football. This these guys have to go. Look, you can stage. And by the way, I'm not saying Vince would ever stage the football game itself. Stay with me here. But you can stage a wrestling match and the events around a wrestling match from start to finish because it's. Why can't you do that for football? But as I'm saying, you can't do that with football because it's a, because you have 22 guys on the field all doing different things. There's a scoring element. With a with a clear winner and the loser at the end, it's a league season with records okay, so, and stats. So you have you it's have all far those too things. complex. You have all those things minus the minus the quantity in a, in a regular at a WWE match, right? And, but you have we have winners and losers. You have champions and 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 non champions. Yeah, but that's a simple storyline. It's just a matter at this point. It's just a matter of numbers. It's, it's a numbers game, Sean. It's a numbers game. Like, it's, but it, but it, but we're talking so hundreds of, like, of plays in a game. We're talking the coaches have to look. Coaching in the NFL is a hard job. There's a reason why most people can't do it. It takes focus. You have to plan. You, uh, during the week, you're practicing. You're doing tape reviews. During a game, you're managing players. You're calling plays. You're talking up with the booth. You're talking with the quarterback in the game. You can't have time to have scripted action arguments with the announcers and shit. I don't see why not. I don't I think, think that would can. work. I I th- th- then it. I think the football would be awful. Well, look at this. Look, you have the Harlem Globetrotters, right, in basketball, and they do trick shots and cool things. But with they the always bat. play the Washington scripted, Generals. And they always win. Because they always play the same team, which isn't a real team. <laughs> I hate to now. If the XFL only had one team and they always played the same bad team, <laughs> all right. So maybe we need to make the XFL more like the Harlem Globetrotters and just you know just trot out like the LA Galaxy as the stand-in for that, the Globetrotters, and you know they'll play the Orlando Rage, Rage every week. Yeah. That is the most like- bonkers sentence I've ever heard, by the way. We need to make the XFL more like the Harlem Globetrotters. Um, I think that they needed more more of that of that of that theatrics. And and I think it could be done. I think everybody just needs to get the same on the same page. They need to know their part. They need to rehearse their part. That's what they should have been doing instead of practice. They should have been doing like a rehearsals. I don't think so. Uh, be, and also, and- by the way, wrestlers are to some degrees actors. They are trained to be entertaining in addition to being athletes. Football coaches and players <laughs> are just regular dudes. The war, By the way, one of the, and I would love to dive into what you think are the best and worst aspects of the XFL, what they should keep and get rid of. Those on-the-field player intros that they did for the first, like, two weeks were horrible. Oh, my God. these It was so bad. Bad. And any and they did those these those little like mini pre-scripted segments in and out of commercials with the athletes and they'd have quarterback Ryan Clement doing some like cheesy bit. Oh my god, they were so bad as act. There's no they just can't do what the WWF does. Well, that's why. All right, so stay with me here. 
not every player has to be, you know, an Emmy award winning actor. You have, you have your, you have your, um, your, he hate me's, you have your Rod Smart's, um, you have your, uh, you have your, uh, who's the other one that had like a, a really charismatic name on the back of his Jersey. Did, did you say death blow? Death blow. That's the one. You have death blow. You have the quarterback who's like the, you know, the happy go lucky quarterback who ends up, you know, flipping burgers at the end of the book or something. Spoiler alert. The quarterback on, um, on the galaxy, I think. Extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah on the extreme. Right. Not the galaxy. Um, the, on the extreme. Yeah. So, uh, you have those, you know, your small cast of characters, but the main players, the main actors, I think, would be the coaches. Like in the in the WWE, you don't really you have a, you have a lot of wrestlers, but it's not like teams filled with wrestlers. You got your your couple of charismatic guys that everybody wants to see play. Then you poach, you try to take players from the NFL that like Terrell Owens. I think Terrell Owens would have done marvelous things in the well, XFL. Okay, you know he's a player. He's a he's he's a he's a an actor. He's a He's he's got charisma. He's not the NFL is for is for like the players like how you described like throw it throw a pass score a touchdown minimal celebration maybe if that you know just give a high five to my teammate that's it okay they're for that's what the NFL is for the XFL is where you got the crazy guys you know you got the I'm gonna go buck wild I score a touchdown I'm gonna do snow angels on on the grass I'm gonna pose with the ball like it's like it's a like it's my camera like that all that crazy stuff i'm going to sign it and throw it to a fan like those are the people that you try to poach from the nfl so i'm going to somewhat agree with you here but in a different way okay right now one of the sports in america growing in popularity the fastest is the nba now basketball is uh, they shoot more threes now but otherwise it's pretty much played the same as it's always been played at least for the last couple decades the reason I think, and a lot of people think, the NBA is becoming more popular now is because it's a personality, individual-driven league where, where it's not about necessarily even the teams, but it's about the players. You, I would bet you could name more NBA players today, or an average person could, and not know what teams they play on. Because you know the names more than you know the teams. They're yes. active on social media. They are brands with products. They're entertaining and outspoken about what they think of the league, what they think of their fellow players, what they think of the games, what what they think in general. And it makes the NBA a more exciting league because you know who these guys are and you have something to root for. And I love that about the NBA. I think that's the strongest thing they have going for them. But none of it's scripted. None of it is made up. The league doesn't even like that they do it. That is what the XFL could use. That, and by the way, in 2001, not really possible. In the age of social media today, totally possible. The NFL tries to shut this down all the time. The biggest issue the NFL has is a basketball team only has five players on the court at any time, so each team only has a handful of stars. The NFL has 11 guys on the field at any given time, and they all wear face masks so you can't see who they are. It's hard to build personalities in football. That being said, I agree with you, Matt. These guys should have more personality. If you're going to get the entertainment, it should come from these guys, but I don't need BS scripted Vince McMahon wrestling bullshit. That is not good. I think you I think you do though. I think you need the scripted bullshit to a certain extent. 
Like I think you need it. The coaches can can participate in it, engage in it. But then just um, hire to a certain degree. Then just encourage coaches to be outspoken. That's why when these coaches have press con- when NFL coaches have press conferences today and they're outspoken, they get criticized. They get fined. You don't do that. I I saw a video a, a while back on YouTube. It was the highlights. Uh, best times coaches have been ejected from NBA games. It was very entertaining. They get up in the ref's face. They yell and scream at them. They march out on the court. And then they get ejected from the game. What, have you ever seen an NFL coach walk out onto the field and get ejected? No, they scream and yell at the at the referees all the time, but there's no ejections. But that's what I'm saying. The Mic them up. We want to hear that. Yes. You know, I think they can make their own entertainment. Mm-hmm. I just worry that as soon as you get descripted, you have to figure out what people's tastes are. Let these people be themselves. There are you look at like an Odell Beckham type person, or or, or a Le'Veon Bell, or an Antonio Brown, or any of these guys with really big personalities out in football. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, kind of what you mentioned with the the miking, miking the players and the coaches is exactly the legacy of the XFL that we see today. You know that that uh, up close and personal. Uh, sound bites and and sound effects and and you know hearing what the players are saying on the sidelines for better or for worse like that that's totally XFL right there like a lot of that had to do with with the XFL and what they were what they were doing but the NFL misses out because they don't activate those mics during the game it's great watching the highlights after the what fact they might say but yeah. this dude seriously like this, that is mm-hmm. such a big opportunity I think they did it a little too much in the XFL watching those old games I think at sometimes especially with like the sideline reporters would get really annoying at points but I think there's really big opportunities to you know, get get more active on the field and get get involved. Now, uh, Matt, I want to make sure we have the opportunity to uh, mention what's coming up next for the XFL. And sure. Get to a little bit of detail on that. Oh, did we did we talk about um did we talk about the cost the Bob Costas interview yet? No, we kind of we kind of breezed over that in the interest of time. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, we can if you want. That, that was one of my favorite parts of the book. I just oh. hey, all right. We won't talk about it at length. It's pretty self-explanatory. But if you, if you guys want to, uh, the listeners out there, I, I highly recommend watching the video of uh, this is um, Bob Costas and Vince McMahon um, on on Bob Costas show on HBO. Um, what was the name of the show? I don't even remember the name of it. For it some reason, my, my mind is like thinking that. on the record with Bob Costas, but on don't the record, hold you might me be to right that. that. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, he, he has Vince McMahon as a guest on a show. The funny part that I that I got that I laughed at when I read in the book was that his he had two guests that night. It was going to be Vince McMahon, and the next one was going to be um, Bobby Knight. Coach, Bob Knight, yeah. Um, so, and he was expecting Bob Knight to come off as the, the more aggressive kind of raucous guest that he was going to have to reel in, but it was actually his interview with Vince McMahon that got very heated and how much of that was Vince McMahon. I think in the book, they actually say like, you can see the point where he flips from real life Vince McMahon into like character Vince McMahon that he's known for portraying on, on WWE. Yep. It's kind of like ruthless, like don't mess with me businessman that, uh, that he really turns it on and you don't really know that that's the point where reality and fiction kind of blend together. You don't really know how much of it is him putting on a show as a last desperate attempt to, for ratings and how much of it is, um, 
is is his real anger at at what he perceives as Vince as 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 Bob Cost is calling him out and kind of embarrassing him over the entire what what I think Costas would would uh, would assess as a failed experiment of the XFL. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember, Costas was really sensitive because he was Mr. NBC Sports, didn't like that XFL, was on his prestige network. Uh, and what I liked most about that interview, and I agree with Matt, go watch it if you get a chance. Um, the first half of the interview, I actually think Vince McMahon did a really good job. I mean, uh, Costas was not letting him off the hook and was giving him really tough questions. And McMahon was giving honest and fair and straightforward answers, I thought, for the most part. You know, Costas, oh, you know, the, the, the league hates it. Critics have, have bashed it and all this. And McMahon goes, yeah, not everything's working. We're trying really hard. People should give it a shot. I mean, I think he did really well in the first half. And then at some point, and I don't blame him because Costas was a little bit pretentious in the interview. Not that oh, yeah. I think he was right in most of his points, but he was a little bit pretentious. And at some point, McMahon, as you mentioned, just had enough and was like, you know what? Who do you think you are up on your high horse? You guys trashed wrestling before it, and now I'm a billionaire, and now you're trashing my football league. It, it, it was a great it was a great interview. It was a great interview. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely go check that out. But uh, I think at one point he even calls Costas an elitist. Oh, yeah. Oh, for like sure. Elitist, elitist like you or something like that. Elitist yep. like you. The reason I think he, he said part of the reason the XFL isn't doing well is because elitists like you are uh, kind of swaying your fans into away from it or some, something like that. Yep. So, um, yeah, I definitely recommend recommend it. Definitely watch that. It's, it's not long. It's less than 10 minutes, I think. Yeah, so, it's a short one. Yeah. Uh, um, now, Matt. Yeah. Mark the, the day. Future. January 25th, 2018. Alpha Entertainment, the new company created by Vince McMahon using his WWE money, announced a new incarnation of the XFL with its 10-week inaugural season beginning in uh, January, February 2020. Um, the idea is that it would be very similar to the original XFL in some ways, different in others. Um, Vince McMahon prepared to invest as much as $500 million, that's five times the original XFL investment, um, in this new iteration some things worth noting about the league that's a little bit different. Uh, no cheerleaders. No cheerleaders in this XFL. Also, they will discourage political gestures by players during games, such as kneeling during the national anthem. Um, those are really the main thing they have announced of the league. There are a few uh, rule changes, some uh, from the old XFL, some new. Uh, no more. Well, they're not going to do the scramble, so that's good. No one's getting hurt. Um, no fair catches, like in the original XFL. The extra point kick will be replaced with a scrimmage play. Um, a two-yard attempt would get a single point, a five-yard attempt, two points, and a 15-yard attempt, three points. Um, let's see uh, a few other tweak rules here. The play clock will be substantially shorter, about 30 seconds. Uh, currently, the uh, NFL is 40 seconds. The original XFL was 35. And there will also be a specialized ball judge uh, who will whose only job it will be is to get the ball to the line of scrimmage to inc increase the speed of the game. Um, outside of the two-minute drill, the clock will run continuously. This is uh, part of arena football now, um, but it just means the game will sort of chug along faster. Uh, let's see a few other details here. Uh, the XFL standard form contract will offer players a salary of $7,500 a game, um, which is roughly in line with the 2001 XFL's $4,500 base salary when adjusted for inflation. Marquee talent will be eligible for up to $200,000 of annual salary. The contracts are for one year only, which is interesting, which means they'll be able to jump other leagues or jump teams. Um, 
And let's see what else. Uh, unlike 2001, players' health insurance will be covered by the league. Um, and the league has suggested players will earn bonuses for each game they win. Paid to play, paid more to win. We know that very well from the XFL. Uh, they have announced eight teams. Uh, no names of the teams or coaches or players yet, but we do know their locations. They will be Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles, New York, St. Louis, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Washington, D.C. Interesting to note, only two of those were XFL locations last time, New York and Los Angeles. Hmm. And I think, uh, lastly, there is no broadcast partner at the moment for the XFL. Uh, McMahon has stated that he aims to leverage digital streaming as part of the package, uh, and he does not care if it makes money right away. Um, And even if ratings goes down, it doesn't matter. Um, He thinks live sports for the future. Yeah, a lot to unpack there, um, certainly. I think that if you were to take a general snapshot of all of these rule changes McMahon is, is making to the league, I think you would you would really see that he is – I mean, first of all, he is genuinely learning. Um, and I think he, you can really – you can really see the attempt at – trying to take as many influences and cues as possible from, like you mentioned, you know, you mentioned the arena football league, Mm -hmm. like specifically to name one. Uh, I think he really is trying to, to take as many cues from other leagues as he possibly can. Um, So this to me seems fairly genuine, a fairly genuine attempt to, um, to you know, make the XFL a little bit more serious. It's kind of like the XFL is settled down and you know ready to have a few kids or something like that. You know, it's it's becoming a little bit more like you know, um, which I which I really don't like seeing. Sean, I've got mm. to be honest. I, mm. I want I want my crazy off the wall XFL. Uh, where's the you know where's the crate where's the he was gonna blow up a car at one point. Because he the 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 um, company he didn't like the company that they they pulled their advertising was it Honda Yep, it was Honda right pulled yep. their advertising so he was gonna blow up one of their Honda cars like on the field I want to see that kind of crazy just like what is he gonna do next and I think that's what the world is kind of craving in a sense yeah. you know this whole everybody's always on social media looking for things that they have never seen before and so I mean I think. You know, you said it. You said it perfectly before. Social media could be a great tool for the XFL, and and uh, in turn, users of social media, the the modern society, could be a great audience for the XFL. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I mean, this certainly is a much more, f- at least at this stage. By the way, we don't know a lot still about this league, so I hesitate to to make a lot of kind of final judgments. But from what we know so far, it is a much more football focused league. Um, the rule changes, I think, are no-brainers. In fact, I think their rules in 10 years from now, the NFL will have adopted some of these. Um, I think you're right. I agree. Entertainment, fan interaction is going to be very important. I talked way back in the beginning of this series about the USFL and some of the crazy things they did to get fan interactions going, including one of my favorite stories, which is the Boston Breakers of the USFL would have games where they would give a section a card, a big card they would hold up. It would be green on one side and red on the other. And for certain plays throughout the games, the fans could hold up. And if they showed green, if an, if more player, if more fans showed green than red, they'd do a pass play 
And if more showed red than green, it would be a run play. Like, things like that. I'm like, that. that's really neat. That's thinking outside the box about football. Again, it's not about who's fighting who and arguments and shouting at each other, but it's actual fan interaction with the game itself. That is really exciting. What worries me about the XFL 2020 is that, well, two things. One, I want to talk in a second about the Alliance of American Football, which is a very well-funded uh, alternative football league coming out a year earlier in 2019, but... I also am not a fan of the cities they chose, Matt. And the reason is that I think the the reason the USFL was reasonably successful, ran three seasons, and part of the reason I think other football leagues have tried and failed, I don't think you can put a second football team in a city that already has a football team. To me, that's a big mistake, because if you look at the teams the XFL 2020 is in, they're all NFL cities except for St. Louis. And mm. all you're doing is competing... I realize they play at different times of year, but you're competing for the same football fans. Why wouldn't you put a football team? So I, again, I'll pivot to the American, uh, Alliance of American Football, which I'll talk about more in a second. But you look at the cities where they've put their teams, Orlando, Florida, Salt Lake City, Birmingham, Alabama, San Diego, California, San Antonio, Texas, all Memf uh, Memphis. Memphis no, they have the, is the X. Well, they have no, an they, XFL team. Well, they have really the Tennessee Titans. XFL. Oh, right, right. Uh, Birmingham, Alabama. All places that don't have an NFL team. You're not competing for... Because if you're already a Seattle Seahawks fan, why... You're not going to want to be a fan... I just don't think there's going to be interest of being a fan of the Seattle XFL team. Yeah. I, I mean, that's I, how minor I, league I baseball works. I definitely... Yeah, I definitely see your point with that. You're, you're, you're concerned that because they're following one you know, one team, they're not going to be as dedicated. And I, I, to a certain extent, I definitely do agree with that, but I think they're looking, especially since this is going to be the inaugural season. I think this is kind of a safe bet in a way that, you know, these teams already have the infrastructure sure. to, you know, play games in their cities. We don't have to worry about building stadiums or renting out, um, other stadiums. There was some issue with, was it, I want to say one of the teams was going to use Yankee Stadium in in the that wasn't the XFL. It was going to be a, uh, I forget what it was. Yeah, there's always an issue with stadiums in these leagues. You know, the the yeah, XFL tw 2020 they're using they're actually in a number of NFL stadiums. Uh, Seattle they're playing at CenturyLink Field, Tampa Bay Raymond James Stadium, New York MetLife Stadium. Uh, but they're also throwing in here. Um, in Dallas, they're playing in the Texas Rangers baseball stadium, Globe Life Park. Um, in Houston, they're playing at the University of Houston football stadium. Uh, in Los Angeles and Washington, D.C., they're playing at their soccer stadiums. So they, they've got a healthy mix. Alliance of American football is pretty much college venues. Yeah. Well, I also have to I have to get in. And it's kind of also a numbers game when you think about it. Like these um, XFL cities and, and, you know, by proxy, these these NFL cities are high market high volume cities you know they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna bring they're more likely to bring crowds and droves of people but at the same time you do have a point like the uh you know we see with the american alliance football um the the smaller market teams the advantage to putting a team there smaller market city is that you'll have you might be able to form a more dedicated fan base, one that might keep, you know, might be smaller at first, but, you know, will 
build over time and you have the longevity that's the only team in the in the state at the professional level yep you might build up more of a brand loyalty but that's i to me that's the the more risky option that's sure. the riskier option sure higher risk but higher reward is what what you're favoring and i think mine is more of a of a lower risk to moderate reward. Does that make sense? No, to- no. I, I, look, I think both ways have pros and cons. I don't think one is necessarily way better than the other. Um, I just think they're they're definitely different approaches to the same problem uh, because it's all about getting fans. I mean, that's number one. And I think you're right. In a city like New York or Los Angeles, you've got more competition. Um, they're, they're just more fans there, period. It's just population centers. Um, but you also have a lot more competition, not just from football, by the way, but from also other sports. Um, I do want to just quickly, I promise we won't dive in too much into the Alliance of American Football, but I'm a little more interested in this than XFL because I think, honestly, this has a better chance of success. Here's why. The Alliance of American Football, horrible name, horrible name. It is a mouthful and hard to say and very confusing. Um, is a planned professional football league co-founded by Bill Polian, uh, former NFL executive, and Charlie Ebersol, the son of uh, uh, Hall of Famer of this series, Dick Ebersol. Um, it is beginning... Uh, this coming year, it is beginning uh, in this coming February, February 2019, after the Super Bowl, um, a new league of eight teams that will play a how many game season? Uh, it doesn't say here. Um, they uh, I mentioned some of the cities where they're at uh, Atlanta, Birmingham, Alabama, Memphis, Tennessee, Orlando, Florida, Tempe, Arizona, Salt Lake City, Utah, San Antonio, Texas, San Diego, California, all coached by former NFL coaches. So there's definitely a high caliber of coach there. They also have a lot of similar rules, faster play clock to, and other um, a fewer uh, challenge things to get the game moving faster. Playoffs consisting of four teams. Um, no television timeouts and 60% fewer commercials. So again, they're trying to speed up the game. No uh, extra point kicks. It's all two-point conversions, things of that nature. Um, all of the teams are owned by the league like the XFL as well, um, but they certainly have a, a bigger roster and more money, a lot of money behind it, a lot of investment. They also pay their players more. Players are expected to get a three-year non-guaranteed contract worth $250,000. Uh, so they'll definitely be paying more than the XFL um, when they compete against each other for players uh, but interesting enough, they do have a TV deal. They've partnered with CBS. The inaugural game of the championship game will both air on CBS proper, while the CBS Sports Network will air at least one game per week, and they expect local stations to pick up the other broadcast. The League's mobile app will also offer live streaming of all the games. Hmm. Uh, the, the money the money's going to be the main thing. The money's going to be the main thing, I think, for, for many of the players major draw i think that's that's something that the xfl still needs to work out in my opinion that gotta gotta up those contracts because otherwise i mean i mean you can argue maybe it's a it's a proving ground i think that's what the the first season of the xfl emphasized is that a lot of these a lot of these players were either rejected by the nfl or were a lower string and like weren't ever going to see playing time realistically in the XFL, but you, I mean, you've also got you think about you've got now you've got all these other different leagues popping up. You've got the Canadian Football League, which is always a big draw for, um, uh, you know, I don't want to say washed up, but sometimes you know, um, 
NFL players of, of lesser caliber that aren't going to cut it on the national stage, you know, they're going to, they, they, they've, they've now are going to have many options and, you know, with those options, you have to be more competitive financially. I think yep. you have to start cutting some, some larger contracts. And, uh, you know, the, at this point, like the million dollar game, kind of a laughing stock at the time, the time when it came out in 2001, it was a lot. It was also a, the name itself lended it a lot of credence. Like we talked before, Survivor had a million dollar Who prize. Who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire was on television. Um, but now in, in, 20, in 2020, it, that's, you know, kind of passe, I, I, w- I would think. So we'll start there. Maybe maybe up the contracts. Do see what you can see what you can do with that. Now, Matt, we're running up against the end of the episode here. Um, so I want to ask you an all important question. We've now spent six hours talking about the XFL. That's right. We've looked at the future of the XFL. Let me ask you this: big summary question. Is would a alternate, I'll say spring because I think that makes more sense, but an alternate football league in America ever work? Whether it's XFL, AAF, whether it's any other league, do you think it could ever work, an alternate football league? I do. I do. I think that it, it absolutely could work. Um, the NFL is seeing a waning viewership you know that's i think i mean i I don't i don't really have the facts in front of me to back it up but i think it's unprecedented right no ratings are up this year has it ever happened before no i mean as on average on like total average no total average they're up this year in the past five years uh all of tv has sagged well it took didn't the nfl take like a solid dip a year or two ago they did, but it wasn't – again, and I promise you I'm not trying to defend the NFL here, but honestly, all of TV has taken a real bad dip over the last few years with the introduction of streaming and all this stuff. The NFL remains the number one rated program on television. For now, yeah, it do, and, and I think it does for now. Um, but what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is I, I don't think there's any concrete loyalty to the NFL anymore. There was for a really long time. Sure. I think our pan- I parents' generation, I think our generation does not really owe the same loyalty. Our parents saw the NFL come into creation, come into existence. Um, I think that the NFL is starting to go kind of in, almost in the direction of the NBA where it is becoming very much player-based. People are not, – not to the same extent, but I think players are, are – I think fans are more about buying the jersey – of the player they like. It's kind of more the name on the, I mean, that's a case by case thing, but, um, I think that, so I, I, I don't think that a league could ever rise up and usurp the NFL. We probably won't ever see that happen. The X, the NFL has had way too much time to entrench itself in our cultural, uh, psyche. Our cultural zeitgeist, it's its, it's there, mm-hmm. and it's really firmly, for decades, it's kind of had complete dominance. Um, but I do think that someday we might we might see a league that will rival it in terms of um, 
not equal, but significant viewership to the point where it'll be like, you know, this is another, um, this is another NFL, but you know, this is the one that I watch. I like this one better because of this. Now, the, the whole thing, I think, for this to work is probably going to be gimmicks. You're going to need a lot of gimmicks, and you're going to need a lot of KFAB. And I think that's where the XFL comes in. It's got to be It's got to be so different that people will keep watching because they want to know what's going to happen next. So it's got to be scripted. It's got to have a story. It's got to have your heroes and your villains. It's got to be a lot like wrestling. And it's got to have Jesse, the body Ventura, involved in some capacity. Oh, for sure. The former governor, yes. So I think all of the above, we check all those boxes. And we might have something. What do you think? What's your What's your take? Matt, in 132 episodes of Up for Debate, I don't think I've ever disagreed with you more than I do at this exact moment, where I think... Good, excellent. Going And again... My plan is working. You're more than entitled to your opinion. The, the idea that football needs to go towards KFAB and scripted conflict is just bonkers bananas insane to well, me. All right, now I didn't, I didn't say that football needs to go in that direction. I said the new league, that if there was ever going to be a league that would challenge the NFL, I don't think playing by the books is the way that they're going to do it. But Because the NFL already has, I mean, why would, why would anybody ever need to watch another football league? It's, I think this is part of why well, um, other leagues have come and gone. It's like, if it's not going to be anything different than what already exists, why would I open up, like, you know, if the, if the Dunkin' Donuts in my town is already really successful, why am I going to try to open up my own donut shop? Everybody's just going to keep going to Dunkin' Donuts. It's uh, got to be something different. Well, no, I'll play something crazy, some kind of dancing man outside with like dressed up like a donut. Something that's going to get people into the doors. You know, I'll play devil's advocate. I don't agree with this point, but I'll play devil's advocate and say, (laughs) yeah, but that Dunkin Donuts in your town is only open four months out of the year. Wait, in your in your analogy. Why would you open it? Are open 24 hours a day. But what I'm saying is football is only on for four months a year. Matt, what do you do for the rest of the year? Oh, so you're saying if we put if we put a football league on in the summer, okay, in I the see, spring, I see which your, is kind of their argument. Your... But what? But but the point I'm going to get at is that I don't disagree. I agree with the point, Matt, that people don't want NFL two. I agree with right. that point, which is why I don't think a second football league will ever be successful, ever, ever. Wrestling is getting away from KFAB, and they invented it, okay? So I I don't think that's the proper direction. Here's my thinking on this, right? I don't think there's enough football talent on the planet to make a successful second league. There's just not enough good... There's a reason why the CFL isn't very good. There's a reason why there's only one Major League Baseball and only one NBA and only one NHL because in all these sports, there's only so many good players. And no well, matter... a lot of that also has to do with, with uh, Sherman antitrust laws. Well, fair. Too. Hey, the USFL won that lawsuit, okay? Uh, they only got a dollar, <laughs> yeah. but they won that lawsuit. The thing is that... I just, it's always going to be an inferior product. No matter how much money you dump into it, how you market it, how you sell it, it doesn't matter. You're never going to have as good a football as you have in the NFL. Period. So, 
Uh, yeah, on, on, a, on a level of quality of the game, I might be inclined to agree with you. I might also be inclined to disagree with you. Because if we lived in a hypothetical world where, um, let's say, um, okay, Elon Musk wants to start a football league. No, Jeff Bezos wants to start a football league. And he can afford to pay his players, you know, a lot more than the NFL. He's offering them giant contracts, like, like bigger than these players have ever seen. I, th- I don't think they owe the NFL any kind of loyalty. No, I think they will jump ship. Most of them will jump ship in a heartbeat, and then you will have a better league with but, better quality of play. I will this say, is of course, a hypothetical world. But, but it's not though, which is interesting. This is exactly what happened with the USFL. They signed back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners right out of college who could have gone and made big money in the NFL, and they signed them to more money in the USFL, and you know what happened? It bankrupted the league. Contracts got big. They were setting record contracts constantly in that league every time they signed a new player, and it bankrupted the league. I just don't think there's enough money, enough talent to go around, but man, I have a solution. I have a solution that I don't think would work, but I'm going to pitch it anyway. The, the There is enough talent Okay, here's the issue with the XFL and the AAF. They keep they need to just admit they'll never be as good as the NFL. It's okay that they're not as good as the NFL. Why? The XFL the first time around when in 2001 when XFL came out, we're going to beat the NFL. We're going to be better than the NFL. Bullshit you are. Are you kidding me? No, you're, what? Get out of what? No. So just come right out. You know what's great about baseball, Matt? The minor leagues. You know what's great about hockey? The minor leagues. The minor leagues are great. That's essentially what arena football is now. It's the minor leagues. They admit they're not as good as the NFL. They never said they were as good. But there's one in your local area, and you can just go check out games pretty cheaply. That's okay. And you know know why I think... Let me back up. I think football should embrace this idea. That's why I like the idea of putting it in cities that don't already have a team like the minor leagues do. I can go to Hartford and watch a minor league baseball game. I don't have to go to a major city to do that. Are they as good as the Red Sox or the Yankees? No, but they're still my local baseball team. And I think there's value in doing that in football because you have all these college players who are never going to make the NFL. They're not good enough. They don't need to make giant contracts. They can make minor league money. That is the route you need to take. You can't go big against the NFL. It's not going to cut it. Yeah. No, I don't think it'll ever work. Okay. And here's why. So, so why? Why would it never work? Because what is different about baseball and hockey that allows a minor league, but the NBA and football can't have a good minor? Because the NFL, the NBA has been trying the G League for years and it's never worked. Why can't the NFL and the NBA have minor leagues? College. College oh, sports. Okay. The college football and basketball systems essentially are minor leagues. Yeah. That's what it is. You don't have that. Nobody gives a shit about college hockey and college baseball. So okay. that's why the I, minor I, leagues work. I kind of see your point here. I think in terms of fandom, yeah, yeah I think you're correct. Like, though, you can you can easily support your favorite college team and your favorite NFL team, but it's very it'll be very hard to support your favorite college team, your favorite NFL team, and your favorite XFL team if you're if you're well, thinking of the XFL as like a minor league equivalent. And th- there's just not enough. Talent, again, it's a talent issue because if you're if you're an 18-year-old star football player, okay, 
and someone says, you have a choice. You can go to the XFL and make money, or you can go to college, you get a free degree and a really good shot to get into the NFL and make real NFL money. You're going to take the NFL. It's the same with basketball. There's a reason they're, they're desperate to sign people into the developmental league of the NBA, and they can't do it because the guys want to go to college for a year and then just leave and make big NBA money. College hoops. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. all right. I, I think that the only solution here then is why, and again, I'll bring up the word that I've said many times on this particular episode, you got to lean into the KFAB. You got to <sighs> say, this is, this is a, this is more about slapstick and, and drama than it is about like actual sport. But ca- the minor leagues the are kind of like that. Successful. Minor league baseball is about gimmicks. That's what's fun about minor league baseball. It, it's a, it's about, yeah, it is. It is about gimmicks, but I think you're, you're, you're envisioning it like, Minor league baseball will never be on primetime television. It's never going to no. be a nationwide. We're all going to follow the Mississippi Mud Dogs right. or whatever. Like it, it, this, this the XFL. Um, Vince McMahon will never go for this because you know just he he wants this to be big, and he, I don't think he'll ever stop. Oh no, he trying won't. to make it big. I, no. Now he might maybe 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 they'll stop directly competing with the NFL. Maybe they won't. But um, to make it different, it, it's got to what, – what made the, NF, the XFL fail the first time around, a part of it is, is the, quali- the sheer quality of play. Nobody's going to tune in to watch like high school quality play from professional-esque players or yep. players that – a league that claims to be professional. That's why you don't make it about the quality of play. You make it about all the other side gimmicks. And, I and agree with that. All right. So that's what you got to lean into is and maybe not from the player's perspective as much as you lean into it from like all the stuff on the sidelines and 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 drama and, you know, coaches punching each other. OK. All right. Okay. Make it more like wrestling. Bring back bring back the WWE. So, so basically you want to go to a wrestling match and have a football game break out is what you're saying. Kind of. Kind. Yeah, that's that's kind of what i'm that's that's almost exactly what i'm getting at yeah Yeah. okay it has to it has to be about the gimmicks it has to be about the about this the 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 mcmahon-ness mcmahonitude matt i don't think there's anything more gimmicky than our first ever up for debate presents which i think was a rousing success i yeah i tend to agree with this was great yeah I love uh, I love the, a, the X stood for exceeds expectations. That's right. It stood for something on this show. And Matt, mm-hmm. I'm going to commit right here, right now, because I can, and no one will remember we did this uh, two years from now. You and I, we're going to go see an XFL game. Oh, totally. New York, we Washington. Are. Well, I don't know where. We'll go to one of those cities. Wherever, uh, yeah. And and we'll we'll check Wherever out a game. We can. Uh, I'm 100 percent down. And we'll report back. I'm gonna wear my I'll wear my LA Extreme visor right here yeah, I'll, I'll squeeze myself into my he hate me jersey <laughs> hey maybe we'll get to meet vince mcmahon that would be great or rod smart i'd take that too or rod smart yeah rod smart yeah dude dude do they still hate you do they still hate yeah. you <laughs> that'd be great you'll be like yep they still hate me now, uh, uh, let me just quickly plug one last time, Long Bomb. I feel like we cribbed so much information out of this that we owe some promotion to this by Brett Forrester. Uh, uh, Brett Forrest, 
pick it up wherever books are sold. It's a very good read if you want more detail. He, he writes in very funny style. Um, and there's also a lot of detail. It's kind of like focused on the Las Vegas Outlaws team. So you get a little bit of a different insight than what we did on the show. So it's a good read. Check that out. Uh, you should also check out the uh, 30 for 30 documentary. Uh, this was the XFL, which we also used for information on this show. Matt, am I allowed to tease? We don't have a date. Am I allowed to tease what our next Up for Debate Presents will be? Um, yes, but I think you need to do it with a British accent. Ding, 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 I cannot do a British accent. Ladies and gentlemen, I am thrilled to announce right here, right now, coming in 2019, the next Up for Debate presents, it will be shaken, not stirred, colon, six decades of James Bond in cinema. Looking forward to it. Put that on the marquee. Absolutely. I, mm-hmm. I have never seen the vast majority of James Bond films. So yeah. it will be a great, between you and I, I think we'll make a good, a good pair to, to go through these. Now, um, something that just crossed my mind, in fact, and this might be worth bringing up, um, I, I don't know if they still do it. I hope they do. Um, is it Spike TV or AMC? One of the movie channels right around New Year's. Like they have New Year's with Bond. And yeah, they just, marathon them. They marathon them. Yep. So um, it might be worth checking out. Uh, I mean, you have to deal with the commercials. And, I, yeah, and you know, I don't know if they cut anything out for broadcasts on those either. That's also possible. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Keep it under two maybe, hours, maybe but don't check it out. But um, other than that, I mean, you got you have the DVDs I sent you along. And, yes, um, I've got my DVDs. Excellent. I'm ready to go. And Matt, I can tease yeah. right now. Even I have, we have been offered a pal of ours who I won't name has is I learned is a big James Bond fan and has offered to join us for an episode. Really? On the series, and I am beyond excited to have this person on. Uh, It's going to be a great series. Look forward to that coming in 2019. We'll be back next week with a regular episode of Up for Debate. Uh, Up for Debate Classic, um, as we call it now. But but that wraps up the XFL. Matt, what a blast. What a treat. Uh, For folks out there, if you want to listen to the rest of this series or any of our other episodes, you can go to our website, upfordebate.tv. Check it out there. The archive is happening uh, at that site. And of course, subscribe to the show. Make sure you get next week's episode as soon as it gets published by subscribing anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Overcast, we're now on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, really anywhere we're there. Video version on YouTube as well. And of course, you can follow us at Up for Debate TV on Twitter and email us UpforDebateTV at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of the first Up for Debate Presents. Is this a format you would prefer we do more? Or do you like kind of our once a week random topics? We'd love to hear your feedback. Email us or tweet at us and let us know. We will be back next time with more exceptionally exciting stuff here on the show. On behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time for more non-XFL action on Up for Debate. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.